Welcome to this edition of Straight Talk with the Hawk, with your host, Anthony Knight, the Golden Knight of Real Estate. All right, you're listening to episode one, Straight Talk with the Hawk. I'm your host, Anthony Knight, the Golden Knight of Real Estate, and I have national, worldwide, real estate and marketing expert, Steve, the Hawkman Hawks here with me. How are you doing today, Steve? Pretty good, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. So I just, I wanted to ask you some questions. I've got some things on my mind as well, but I always like to pick your brain like a lot of people do. And um, really just kind of a generic question to start with. What changes in Vegas are you seeing so far or up to this point for 2020 and beyond? For realtors, it's a a massive change. We'll talk about the big five, but as far as real estate and the consumer and homeowners, especially here in Vegas, we're seeing something that's unprecedented. Housing is the new gold. Housing is no longer something that people buy to live in or small mom and pops invest in. Uh, We have hedge funds, Wall Street, the elite, taking billions of dollars and sinking it into housing to store their wealth like they used to do with gold because there's so much money out there. And so it's squeezing out the locals. Well, and so for people that don't really understand that concept, because most of the public doesn't, from my experience, and see these ads, open door offer pad, Zillow, they'll buy your home. It's convenient. But what's in it for them, really? What What's in it for the, the iBuyers, for people out there that don't know? Those entities are referred to in our industry as iBuyers. And where's the money coming from? And what's their agenda? Because in my experience, you know, I've seen situations many times where I'll look at the assessor's page and go, okay, they, they bought the house for 280 and it's on the market for 285. And the next thing I know, that's when it's on the market. Some of them, from what I understand, don't go on the market. They rent them out. But when they're on the market, a lot of times it looks like a loss. Yeah. But is it? No, they're very rare do they lose money. 25% of all the homes being purchased right now by iBuyers and big hedge funds are going into the rental market for rental-backed securities. How is that impacting consumers? Well, every time they make a rent payment, uh, a rent check, it's going up 10 15% a year now. Uh, apartment complexes are going for 1800 So that's how it's impacting them directly. But when you're looking at and where are they getting the money from? I mean, some of the largest funds, in fact, one of the largest funds in the world, SoftBank, is funding uh, some of these iBuyers, which they don't have to make money right now. Right now, they're just in the proof of concept phase. They can actually lose money. All they need to do is get market share. And what they've seen, they've seen this huge margin of 6% on the sale of a home. And then what they're doing is they're using commission arbitrage plus they're giving convenience to some of the consumers and they're making a killing. When you see them buy a house for 280 or 300 on the tax records, that's not what they actually paid for it. That's what they offered the consumer, the homeowner, minus the service fee. That service fee could be anywhere from, I've seen them from seven to 25%. Wow. That's a huge win for the um, iBuyers because what happens is now when that buyer is buying the house, they think they're getting a good deal when in actuality it was that wasn't the true price they paid. Plus, it also helps on the appraisal because when the appraiser sees, oh, they paid 205 for it or they paid 300 for it, I'll appraise it for that when the comps were 24260. So I know of one nine buyer that purchased a house in the same subdivision for above market value because they had two others that they purchased for 260 and 280. 
What they did is they paid three hundred five. Now they got three homes that are worth three hundred five. Right. They set that comp. That's interesting. Huh. Never even thought of that. So on the other side of it too, though, how long do you see them holding these properties? The ones that you know are on the buy and hold, and they're leasing them out. I mean, is this like a three year, five year, or longer plan? Do you well, estimate? Or it's pretty funny because when you got the crazy Fed printing money like it's toilet paper now for the last ten years. <laughs> They have more money they know what to do with. Well, this all started with the foreclosure crisis. And instead of having programs that help the consumer and help the homeowner stay in the house, instead, Fed put in money. That siphoned off to the hedge funds. Hedge funds took that money and started buying all these short sales and foreclosures. Their yeah. game plan was, oh, we're going to do this for three to five years and then sell them. Well, that's not what happened. They bought these homes for, you know, 100. I mean, look in Vegas. These homes they bought for 120, 150 are now going for 300 325 Well, you're a guy that, for our listeners out there that don't know this already, that's well-versed in REOs and short sales, how many foreclosures and short sales did you sell during that time? Several thousand, right? Yeah, it was it was crazy. And most of the, probably, you know, the hedge funds bought a majority of our short sales. And they cut deals with these asset managers to buy a majority of them towards the end of the cycle. So instead of the banks working with the consumers to do a um, principal reduction or loan modification, now these homes that should be owner-occupied are now rentals forever. To your answer, how long are they going to keep them? Three to five years? No, forever, because where are they going to put the money? And now these people running these companies, that's their job. That's how they make their, their money. They're not going to sell these houses. And even if the market drops 30%, they're still not going to sell them because they were happy with the return at 150 and 900 to $1,100 a month. Well, in a sense too, I could see this actually benefiting the equity seller, the person that doesn't want to participate with an iBuyer because this has to be taking a big slice out of our inventory in turn likely bringing home values up or it's helping the builders. It's definitely helping the builders. Look at the new homes. They can't build them fast enough. There's not enough work. There's not enough labors. As far as homeowners' equities, oh, it's it's one of the major drivers of why the median price is going up so much because these people that are buying these houses cash are buying them for more than they would appraise for, right? They're not really buying them that. Keep in mind, they bought a house for three hundred, but they're really paying two sixty. But that becomes a three hundred thousand dollar comp. Mm. So now when they sell it, they're able to sell it for that. But all the owners around there get that built-in equity too. Right. So for our agent listeners. How do they compete with this? Well, the uh, it's it's pretty amazing. The first you know six weeks of this year, the number one, um, the four top openings of escrows are all i buyers, right? right? So there's a lot of transaction. But if you talk to basically every title company and every realtor, their their numbers are down, even though the transactions are way up because that market share is being siphoned off to these i buyers. Hmm. So for realtors, they have to get to these consumers before the iBuyers do, which is difficult uh, to the fact that a lot of these iBuyers are spending 50 to 100 grand a month on TV and radio. In fact, one of the top iBuyers just in the last 60 days spent $250,000. I saw that. In 60 days. Yeah, yep. That's a lot of radio. <laughs> yeah, and, and then- uh, and their, their TV ads too are, are prominent as well. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what they're spending on TV. Just so agents have to be able to offer that service. But what the advantage these iBuyers are getting is 
99% of the people they speak to, they don't, they don't buy the property. But what they are doing is they're using it as a referral source and they're taking a listing or they're putting their people in, in these houses. Well, and the seller, the seller to the iBuyers going somewhere, right? They're either staying in town or they're moving out of state. They've got to be a buyer. I would say at least 50% of them are, are retained here in Vegas. I, probably more than that. I don't know if you know what the number is, but um, they're selling. They, they, if they're not renting, they're buying. Right, right. That's a, it's a big boom for the new homes. The new homes, I mean, you have to tell you, look at their, right. they're killing it right now. Yep. I mean, 82% of the people buying new homes right now are buying them without real estate agents. Wow. They're going direct. Agents, I would be offering a commission rebate to buyers of new construction. It's not a lot of work. Take the money. It's an easy day. What it, most importantly, uh, don't lose market share. If you need to take less, take less because market share is, we're in a fight right now for our market share. Las Vegas and Phoenix, I mean, other, other states are you know competing with commissions, but Vegas and Arizona, we are competing right now for market share, for survival. Because the, the, the market is changing here in Vegas and Arizona. So right now in Arizona and Vegas, what, what is happening here is going to spread across the country. You know, a lot of parts of the country, uh, most parts of the country, the agents are competing and they're concerned about their commissions and they're just competing against each other. But here in Arizona and Las Vegas, the realtors are no longer our first tier of competition. Our first tier of competition here is... The portal, Zillow, Realtor.com, Redfin, uh, other portals that are getting that consumer. And then they're using their agents or they're sending it out. So the consumers are now going to another source before they hit the realtors. Well, what's crazy to me is we'll talk about this later is how in the world is Realtor.com charging us for our own listings? And now in 30 markets, you can't even protect... You can't even buy zip codes, and here in Vegas, you can't even protect your own listings. Well, you know what's interesting, too, is backing up, if you look historically, just about everything that spreads throughout the nation in real estate starts in Phoenix, right? So you, you always want to keep an eye on what's happening in Phoenix, I think. I think most of the iBuyers yep. were established in Phoenix. And the, you know, the REOs, the short the REOs, sales. Exactly. All that starts. It's always Phoenix. Phoenix is actually a pretty big city, yeah. and... Um, has been booming for a long time and there's some good tech there and so forth. You know, the title companies are established, et cetera. So, but when we talk about Zillow, we talk about market share and it's interesting brought up maybe what it was Zillow or, or, you know, Redfin or realtor.com. I laugh when I see agents that post things on social media, Zillow sucks and, you know, they're mad at Zillow. And in the 10 years that I've been doing this in Vegas, I started in 2009 In 10 years, I've sold thousands of properties. Um, you know, my small team does 300 transactions a year. We're, we're, we're cranking them out. And, um, I've leveraged Zillow personally as an asset because of, you know, the review platform, I don't know where that'll go. Zillow could shut us off if they wanted to at some point, but it just, it's hilarious to me when I hear realtors bashing on Zillow, being mad at Zillow, when it was their representation, the National Association of Realtors, that gave away their proprietary tool to Zillow yeah. in the first place. They handed it right over to them. 
they the National Association of Realtors had total control of our MLS and our listing inventory, and they handed it over. And so I tell these people, you're you're pointing the finger in the wrong direction. Right. Be mad at your representatives because this is basically like being in a union and paying dues. And so you're paying all these fees to your MLS, and they didn't protect your asset, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and King Zillow, they're not even – they were funded – by us. So a lot of them got to choose. We got to choose. Realtor.com, that, I mean, NAR, I mean, who made this decision to give Realtor.com our name? So Zillow, when Zillow advertises, they got to spend their own money, right? Mm -hmm. Realtor.com, they don't have to spend a dime on advertising because you have NAR and you have all these local MLSs saying, what? Yep. Call a realtor, consult a realtor, right? use a realtor. Well, when they see that, where are people going? Well, and they're going to Realtor.com. Who owns Realtor.com? Not us. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, go go try to um, establish a domain, Steve Hawks Realtor.com, and yeah. see what happens. Right. You can't even use the name Realtor in your own domain yeah. address as a realtor. Well, there's some shocking information. Realtor.com yeah. yeah. can be Realtor.com. They're not even an entity of the NAR. We're the ones paying dues. I can't have a web domain with realtor in it right and and that's great for realtor.com because it's less competition for them on the seo but with realtor.com when you go on their website or their commercials go on their website front page it says the official website of the national association of realtors realtor.com is a genius and we are going to see realtor.com explode now that they are a real estate company they are going to crush these franchises because there is no reason to be paying a franchise fee when Realtor.com now does what the franchises are supposed to do. I used to pay Cinch 21. I used to pay Remax. Same. To bring in people. Well, right. What do you? How are you bringing in people now? now I, I I left Keller Williams five years ago after, and it had been on my mind for a long time. And I was the top producer in in my office every single month. Had the top team, all that stuff, but realized that. I was generating all my own leads and subscribing to accounts with like at the time Tiger Lead, you know, Commissions Inc., Boomtown, Zillow. So I'm going, okay, I'm paying these franchise fees, but I'm generating my own leads through these other sources, through Realtor.com and Zillow and, and so forth. What do I need the franchise for? And if you look at the data, Zillow gets, I think it's somewhere around 140 million page visits a month. Century 21, Remax, Keller Williams, and Berkshire Hathaway combined, their websites get maybe 12 million page visits a month. Combined. Correct. Zillow gets 140 million. Yeah. I mean, I can't understand why any agent feels like they need a franchise brokerage anymore. It makes no sense. It's like Yellow Cab. Blockbuster Video, Kmart. Yeah. They're done. And, and, and Realtor.com. I can't believe it's taken this long, actually. It's surprising. Yeah. And, and, in there. Yeah. And Realtor.com gets $68 million. And at least with Keller. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> at least Keller Williams, you get to cap. I mean, some of these brands, well, you saw one of the top franchise guys left went to Keller Williams. At least with Keller Williams, you get to cap, right? Right. But what the franchises messed up is they lost the search function about three years ago. So people don't go to franchises to search anymore. But more importantly, these franchises are telling their agents now, oh, go to your SOI, you got lazy. No, 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 no. Agents weren't lazy. 
they took the leads that you were cutting deals with. A lot of these franchises, most of them, cut deals with Zillow and Realtor.com. Remember, oh, well, if you give us your feed or you give us this, we'll give your agent preferred placement. Well, now Zillow and Realtor.com are like, you know what? We don't need you anymore. <laughs> we don't need you. We got 150,000 of the top realtors in the country. That's all we need. So now these franchises are having to backtrack because Zillow and Realtor.com aren't giving them preferential treatment anymore. And now Zillow and Realtor.com are giving their leads out to high quality agents that will convert and give Zillow and Realtor.com that referral fee. But most importantly, the consumers are having a better experience because Zillow and Realtor.com are only working with the top agents. Where anybody at the franchise, anybody can join a real estate company, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Anybody can join, but ZillowRealtor.com is now scrubbing so the consumers have a good experience. Well, 86% of buyers find their home online, too. So, you know, as agents, you, you set your clients up in an MLS search. Nine times out of ten, they bring you four or five properties that you didn't even send them out looking on their own online. I don't know what buyer this day and age is driving around looking for open house signs, what qualified buyer. We'll get into that some other time. To me, it's a joke. If I'm a seller and I want to create a competitor in my neighborhood, in my subdivision, I'm going to ask the realtor to do an open house because the neighbor's going to come over. You always get the neighbors. Usually that's all you get. And they come over and they want to know, oh, what's, what's my house worth? Yeah. Oh, well, here you go. And we talk about market share, too. And I agree. And commission compression, looking at the dollar amount. If I'm representing a buyer and they want to go look at new construction, I'm going to make sure that they're going with me and I'll offer them 25% because this is another conversation I have often you know, with agents in our offices. Look, eight years ago in 2012, I would consider that right around the bottom of the market in Vegas, right? So, you know, the house that's 300,000 today was about 100,000. So, you know, we'll call it one, two, three, four Maple Street. So that house was eight years ago was a third of the price, okay? So I ask agents, would you have taken that listing in 2012, at, you know, a 6% listing commission, 3% for you, 3% for the buyer's agent? They always say yes. Okay, would you take that same listing today at one percent? Oh no, no, I won't do it. You know, I'm 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 worth I'm worth a certain amount. I get paid what I'm worth. I, I'm a full full commission agent. It's the same dollar amount. So you're telling me in eight years that your costs have gone up that much? Your costs have probably gone down right. in a lot of cases. Your cost of living certainly hasn't gone up three hundred percent because of the technology tools that we have more of our buyers and sellers have adopted DocuSign or you know some sort of digital signature platform they're comfortable with it again you know they're they're getting information online they're bringing listings to us to you know to to show them there's all these tools that we have gps's to navigate around with in every car things that really in 2012 i mean i had to have like a garmin you know like stuck to my windshield now my car has it built in still couldn't get some people to always use DocuSign it was a hassle they were intimidated by it there's just all these things that have made the job so much easier in just eight years and I can take a third of the commission 
and make the same amount of money. Or I could go sell a new construction and, and take 2% instead of a 3% co-op and make way more money than I would have made selling that same new construction home eight years ago. So it's just the thought process sometimes in our industry just just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I feel like realtors just don't use common sense in a lot of cases. So, Yeah, so a, a lot of that common sense is being, a lot of this knowledge is being, I don't wanna say brainwashed for lack of a better word, but agents are getting this from their brokers and these big brokers and big franchises. Yep. They need that big dollar in order to, uh, you know, fund because they still have a lot of old costs. They still it's have the, the it's the guys out there. It's the brokers and it's the guys that I won't mention any names, but um, it's the name of a boat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know. Yeah. So, go door knock. Go yeah. cold call. Yes. If somebody knocks on my door in Vegas, I'm not answering. Nobody man. does. I, who the hell's yeah. going to answer their door yeah. to a stranger? I yeah. don't want it. Some, it's it's no, it's annoying actually. Yeah. The the it, what 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 is happening is these tech companies like Open Door, OfferPad, they see. Wait a minute, they're seeing these agents with 30, 60, 90 days experience making thirty thousand dollars to sell a five hundred thousand dollar house, and they're like, wait a minute, we can put some, we can use our technology. And we can take that commission for a half and use it either for our flip or we can use it for a consumer or we can use it in order to get the loan or the title. And that's what we're seeing right now. And back to your, your example in 2012, look, in 2012, the houses were 180 or 150, 200, whatever they were, but we were doing them for one and a half or 2% on the sell side and two and a half on the buy side because they were short sales and REOs. Right. The, well, yeah. The asset management, the asset management companies would only offer you one or one and a half percent, correct? Yeah, and we had to pay the referral sometimes, and we always had to pay the HOA utilities. You all had that. to carry all the costs, and yes. then if you didn't submit your invoices within what thirty days, you didn't get paid. Right, right. right. Well, you know, there's that side, and actually, too, going back in my memory, I I sold in 2012. I represented a little over a hundred buyers, and. A lot of them were like fifty, sixty thousand, yeah, really. Yeah. And I, I would get, you know, on it was as a buyer's agent, two and a half or three percent. But that was on like a, literally like a fifty, sixty k property. Right. Those same properties now, I'm listing, you know, for exactly, yeah. yeah, two, two and a quarter, two fifty. So um, it's more money, but and and with technology, like you said before. So I'll go back a little bit further. Just a few years before that, we were using the Metro Map. It literally took us hours to find properties the night before to map them all out and go backwards and do all that stuff. We, we've shown them on the, on, the, on the map. And literally today... They'd probably go preview them, too, in some cases, right? Would yeah. you go preview properties sometimes, sometimes ahead yes, of time? Sometimes, because there's no pictures. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then today, you got the DocuSign. Everybody uses DocuSign. I mean, we have 90-year-olds oh, that yeah. are using DocuSign and Facebook because their grandkids have showed them. Everybody... We have people that are claiming that are signing documents on their break at the casino with their phone. We, we live in a world of Uber, TurboTax, LegalZoom, Amazon, Netflix, and a whole bunch of other examples. Real estate shouldn't be any different. It's not, and it's changing rapidly. And one thing I wanted to mention to you that we talked about the other day that maybe you can educate some of our listeners on are the MLS firewalls. And I don't think a lot of people really know what that is. Right. 
So the MLS firewalls, this is one of the biggest challenges the agents have. And like I said before, we are seeing the detriment of these anti-competitive firewalls in Las Vegas and Arizona. Uh, with the MLS firewalls in the past, it's helped us keep the commissions up. It's kept, helped the data, kind of like 18 in the 80s. It kept the data safe, right? But here, times have changed. You either have to give everybody the data or you give nobody the right. data. Right now, they're picking and choosing. And guess what? If you have enough money, you can get over those firewalls and you can use that data against us because we cannot, like well, me and you are realtors, but I can't get the data from Houston or from Arizona or from Salt Lake. Zillow can, Realtor.com can, Redfin can, and soon to be now Quicken can with Rocket Homes. And what are they doing with that data? They're taking our market share. They're reselling, like Realtor.com, a perfect example. I can't outrank them, nobody can. Even Gary Keller is having a problem with these firewalls because he can't get that data because he's not a real estate company, he's a franchise company. So what the, the issue he's having is he's never gonna be able to compete with Zillow or Realtor.com because he's not gonna be able to get those direct feeds. We, there's, Redfin has 180 direct feeds. Realtor.com now ha, is getting direct feeds. We need the direct feeds. We, IDX is not gonna work for us. Uh, it doesn't, it's not allowing us to be hyper-local. What what, what's the new key, you know, buzzword? Go hyper-local, go hyper-local. You can't go hyper-local and compete with the big boys because you don't have enough pages that are local in these other areas. And that's why, go, hey, go, go to your town. Google real estate, Google Las Vegas homes, Google Arizona homes, Google Phoenix homes. See who comes up with our data. And I can't even protect my own listings with Realtor.com now. I can't pay. So when you go to Realtor.com, you see one of my listings, it says contact agent. They think they're contacting me. No, they're contacting an agent in that, that paid for that. I can't even pay now to have the consumer that's trying to get a hold of me through Realtor.com that's using what I pay for, the word Realtor, to contact me. It's like you taking a listing, Anthony, and someone from ABC Realty putting a sign in the front yard. Well, these local MLSs are getting their asses totally kicked. They look like a bunch of fools. Um, we'll touch on it more in another episode. We're out of time for today. And uh, next time, too, we'll, we'll want to get into the uh, California exodus. That's a big thing here in Nevada. And I know other states like Texas as well. So we'll touch on that next time. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're out. We're out.